Welcome to another mini-episode of the Superpowered Fancast. This is Darren. I'm going to ask you to forgive me. I've been dealing with some throat-related issues the last few days, so if my voice tends to modulate a little bit. That's the reason why. I was on vacation and could barely speak and could barely yell at people, but, you know, it, it tends to happen. I'm feeling a lot better, and i got some water, so I may, you know, take a sip if I start to feel my mouth starting to get dry, but... <clears throat> I will attempt to soldier on and do the best that I can. So, if you've been following the comic book news as I have, you may have come across you may have come across a little piece of promotional art plastered across the side of a train in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Now, it's promotion art, promotional art for Marvel's Agents of Shield. And underneath the, uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo is a flaming chain. Now, what does this flaming chain mean? Now, while the majority of us in the fan world you know, fell down the, uh, the pit or the rabbit hole uh, that this is most certainly an allusion to the character of Ghost Rider, uh, there are many people who feel that it means something else, that it could actually be an allusion to the character of Hellfire. Now, personally, I'm on the fence as I can kind of see it going either way. But, see, I was preparing this as an unofficial primer episode like we did previously with the Grandmaster and Cloak and Dagger. But there's so much anecdotal evidence on both sides of the argument for and against this being Ghost Rider that it forced me to have to ask myself some serious questions before I committed to jumping on the Ghost Rider bandwagon. So, again, I'm not an expert, but I'm going to kind of give a few pros and cons for and against um, the flaming chains and that promo art being an allusion to Ghost Rider being on the next season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we'll start with the pros. Now, in case you didn't know, and don't feel bad if you didn't, a Ghost Rider has returned to Marvel. And it was about three years ago. So the character's license can be freely used by Disney and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but there are a few problems with that, in my opinion. I mean, this is a character who gets his powers from hell. That's not exactly cute and cuddly Disney territory. But, you know, Ghost Rider is a known property, and his presence on the show could help open them up to the next phase in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially with the introduction of Doctor Strange. Now, magic and mysticism are part of that next phase, and having a character so steeped in it, like Ghost Rider, would allow Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to take a huge leap forward in their own storytelling without having to be so beholden to the events of the movies. Which leads into, you know, big screen versus small screen. Now, Ghost Rider has been on the big screen twice, and the attempts were not completely successful. Now, personally, Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance, to me, is unwatchable. But those films exist. Now, Disney and Marvel could be trying what they did with The Punisher on Daredevil, scaling back the character to the small screen to allow for a more rounded interpretation. Which leads to Disney. I mean, Disney has the resources to be able to bring this character to the small screen effectively. They have the money and their own in-house special effects team, 
and could potentially be crafting Ghost Rider as a bridge series that starts on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then gets its own series on Netflix later. Which then leads into another pro being Netflix. Now Netflix has been a catalyst for the Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows to get the critical acclaim that rivals the box office domination that the movies receive. All the awards and accolades that Daredevil and Jessica Jones have been receiving. I mean, that's the that's the kind of cachet and clout you want in television. And the partnership with Netflix and Disney allows for that. I mean, according to Forbes magazine and Vulture, Netflix will have the exclusive U.S. streaming rights to all Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and Pixar films starting in September. So this means that after any of these films like Civil War or Finding Dory leave theaters, instead of them going to a cable service like Stars or HBO, they will go exclusively to Netflix. Now this is a huge game changer. Before, after you know a movie came out, when it had its home video release or it had its, its home release where you could buy it on DVD or Blu-ray, you know, then they would go to a cable channel. Like you could watch it on Stars or HBO or Showtime and lately it's been stars has been the one that's like if you're looking for Disney films they're on stars this new deal with Netflix basically kind of cuts those cable channels out of the out of the equation and puts everything directly in the hands of Netflix as the exclusive streamer and then Netflix has also gained more viewers for Marvel based shows because there have been a lot there's a lot of anecdotal evidence even though you know, Netflix doesn't release its uh, its its viewership, but a lot of the anecdotal evidence is pointing to the fact that you know Daredevil and Jessica Jones's potential viewers are outnumbering Agents of Shield's numbers. I mean, and that could be something with the fact that there is a lot of new subscribers to Netflix that have stated that they are subscribing because they want to see those shows. They want to see Daredevil and Jessica Jones. And then the last kind of pro on the side of <coughs> Ghost Rider to me, pardon the cough, is, I mean, Hellfire, I mean, really? I mean, of everything they could promote, why would they promote such a minor character with that level of artwork, like putting his weapon on the side of a train? I mean, the character Hellfire, the, or the character James, as he was known on the show, I mean, he appeared in six out of 22 episodes, and I may be wrong, but to me, he didn't exactly engender enough personality to justify bumping him up to a series regular, let alone giving him enough of a story arc that his flaming chain belongs on the side of a train as a promotional tool. Tool. Now this, you know, this leads naturally then into the cons. You see, the character of Hellfire, James Taylor James, was introduced on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. already, so it is hard to reconcile that character just disappearing altogether. And Hellfire is part of the Marvel Universe canon, and his story lends itself to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. almost perfectly. I mean, his story in the comics is that he is recruited by Daisy Johnson as a secret warrior before the Skrull invasion. And almost the entire past season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., dealt with Daisy Johnson recruiting Inhumans to be secret warriors. So his, his story leads directly into the arc that they've established on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show. 
And also, you know, a con against it being ghostwriters that they could be setting up James Taylor James or Hellfire as a villain with an axe to grind. I mean, making his arc as a character more significant. But that supposition stretches things a little far for me personally because his actions could be chalked up to being manipulated by Hive. I mean, one of the things they established was that Hive was controlling the Inhumans. So one could argue that if it weren't for Hive, Hellfire would be a hero. So setting him up as a villain is a little bit of a stretch. I mean, in the comics, Hellfire and Daisy have a romantic relationship of a sort. I mean, so could Hellfire be set up in the future as a love interest for Daisy Johnson since she's now, you know, kind of on the run recruiting Inhumans on her own? Could Hellfire or James be set up as the next Lincoln? I mean, you never tell. Again, still doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, justify him having promo art. But, you know, you never can tell. And then, you know, even though I said earlier that one of the pr- one of the pros of it being Ghost Rider is that Disney has the resources to bring him to life on the small screen, one of the cons is, with Disney, why would they? I mean, there isn't a lot of marketing potential with a character like Ghost Rider, so from, an in- from a financial standpoint, why spend the money? I mean, do you really see Disney making a line of Ghost Rider toys with plush flaming skulls mixed in amongst the princesses and talking animals? Then the other thing is budget issues. I mean, TV shows don't have this, the kind of budgets that movies do. You can't spend $150 million in uh, pre-production and production on a, on a one-hour TV show that has to be done, has to be done every week. I mean... At most, you're looking at maybe one, two million dollars per episode, and that's that's even stretching the budget. So, I mean, budget issues might preclude the use of Ghost Rider as a character on TV, because it'd be in t- it would be too expensive to produce that character on the small screen. I mean, it costs far less to animate a single flaming chain than a flaming skull, because you'd have to do the skeleton. It couldn't just be a flaming head, flaming skull. Flaming chain, flaming arms, flaming hands, just like, it's, it'd be way too much, in my opinion, for the small screen. But, you know, maybe they're going to go ahead and just push the envelope and see how far they can go. And it may not have everything flaming at the same time if they do decide to go with Ghost Rider. But, you know, you never can tell. So, I mean, those are my pros and cons. So, just let me know what you think. I mean, um, now, my vote, personally, is that they're bringing Ghost Rider into the into the Marvel Cinematic Universe by giving him the small screens treatment so that they can potentially give him his own show down the line. Now, I could be wrong. Give me your theories by leaving, leaving a comment on iTunes for this episode. Uh, email me at superpoweredfancast at gmail.com to tell me I'm wrong and to tell me why. Uh, message us on Twitter at SuperpoweredFan or leave a comment on our Facebook page which is Facebook.com slash SuperpoweredFanCast Also check out our Facebook page because we've had Danny uh, who has been in uh, Orlando at Disney World he's been streaming videos for his, for his Star Wars he's been uh, posting pics of, uh, of, di- 
of his trip to Disney, and they're worth taking a look. <coughs> now, we also now have a YouTube channel as well. And it'll be, um, and so far we've only got two videos up. We have, like, but we will be uploading more. Um, there's a video up of me uh, unboxing this month's uh, loot crate. So you can take a look at that and see what uh, see what came, and maybe it'll entice you to uh, subscribe to either Loot Crate or your own, uh, or or a uh, box or a subscription box that you that interests you. And we also have um, gameplay streams. We had uh, Jenna actually uh, uploading her her live stream on Twitch, or uploading a video of her playing the Resident Evil demo on the PS4. So you can check that out. Um, we also have a website. If you go to superpoweredfancast.com, uh, we have a lot of articles on our website. One of the things that I'm, that I'm doing that I've tasked myself to do, and this is a little bit of a backstory. At some point I got an itch that I wanted to watch Star Trek Generations, but then I just decided, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and watch every Star Trek movie leading up to Star Trek Beyond in July. And I've decided, you know, just to be a little bit productive with it. I've decided I'm going to do a fan cast review of every Star Trek film. Now, if you go to our website, you can see the first two reviews are already up. I've done uh, fan cast reviews for Star Trek The Motion Picture and Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. I'm currently working on uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Um, <clears throat> listen to our other mini-episodes. Stephanie Stephanie just uploaded a great episode where she talks about her favorite tag teams in wrestling, which educated me a lot. Because again, my my wrestling knowledge is, you know, a little bit old. I haven't really kind of gotten into wrestling since I'd say probably the early two thousands. So you can, uh, as far as our again our YouTube page, you can just go to youtube.com and search for Superpowered Fancast. And that's three words. It's not one big word. It's three words. Superpowered Fancast. And go ahead and subscribe. Let us know what you think. Leave comments. And on any of those platforms, let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like us to do more of. Well, uh, this is Darren with the Superpowered Fancast. Signing off for now. I'll talk to you all again at another time other place. Have a good one.